What's up, bar folks? It's your boy, Dwayne. And before we get into this fabulous Bar Network episode, I wanted to tell you about an exciting announcement, thebargear.com. That's right. We have our own online store. Get your shirts, get your t-shirts, get your mugs and socks, get everything barred out, man. Take pictures, share it, post it, tell a friend, go to thebargear.com to get your gear today and enjoy the show. Welcome to Just Thinking with hosts Daryl Harrison and Virgil Walker, bringing you week-to-week cultural apologetics as well as social issues from a biblical worldview. This is Just Thinking. Let's think. We're back. It's another edition of the Just Thinking broadcast. I am Virgil Walker. And I am Daryl Harrison. What's going on, Omaha? What's going on? Uh, near about everything, man. What's going on in your world? Man, week one, college football season Bro. actually wraps up as we're recording this. We're recording this on Sunday, uh, September the 2nd. So yesterday, well, really before yesterday, Friday, right, uh, was officially the opening of yep. college football season 2018. Yep, yep, uh, yep. Congrats to your Sooners, man. Congrats yeah, to your Sooners. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. They, 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 did, they did big things that, you know. Missing Baker Mayfield, but we got our we got our we got our number two, well now number one, uh, in in place. Got our got our quarterback in place, and uh, man, he's doing big things. Man, looking forward to a good season. How how about how about you, man? In Georgia Bulldogs, what are they talking about? Yeah, things went well for me. You know, my number one team is Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. So ah, okay, uh, the Yellow Jackets won their opener yesterday, forty-one nothing over uh, Alcorn State, which is an HBCU, uh, a historically black college and university. Yeah, help, uh, help we, everybody we've actually, out, man. Help everybody yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> gotta, we, we gotta bring all our people in. We gotta bring. We gotta, we gotta pause for the cause, bro. <laughs> but uh, we played Georgia Tech has played Alcorn State now. I think for maybe three or four consecutive seasons mm-hmm. uh, as our opener, uh, which is which is great, you know. So uh, Tech won, and uh, man, Georgia is just flat out loaded. I mean, they they um, uh, Georgia won yesterday, forty five to nothing uh i can't recall this very second who their opponent was but i watched that georgia game and man they were rotating they have so much talent yeah. on that roster they they were like running running backs in and out qbs in and out receivers in and out so um you know from a from a as a georgia resident a georgia native it was a good weekend yesterday for us man on both nice. sides take nice taking uga doing their thing so nice yeah, so uh, so here we are, man. <laughs> I uh, I'm laughing because this is one of those topics that we're dealing with today. They kind of um, I don't know if you saw the uh, Godfather Three, the movie The Godfather Three. I did, I did not. I did which not. My pos- which, in my opinion, I'm somewhat of a cinephile. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm somewhat. I like like to consider myself sort of an amateur movie historian. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm huge into films, more so into classic films from the 20s through the 1920s through the 1950s. But the Godfather trilogy, Godfather Godfather 3, in my opinion, was probably the worst of the three. But there's a line in the uh, film mm-hmm. where Al Pacino's character, the Godfather, he sort of laments. He says, uh, just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. <laughs> you know. He's trying to go clean in his old age, you know, trying to get out of right, the... Uh, right. you know, little mafioso right. world but he said man, just when i thought i was out they pulled me back in and it's kind of like this is one of those topics we're going to be talking about in this episode of the just thinking broadcast episode 44 can you believe it Virg? 
44 of the Just Thinking broadcast, where we're going to be touching on um, sort of some blowback uh, with regard to the Aretha Franklin funeral that just occurred a couple days ago, and more specifically with the eulogy that was given. Man, that's crazy. It was really, really interesting to kind of see that there – uh, that there, there, a that there was blowback at all, considering the the wide variety. I mean, this is kind of commonplace, right? We have a have a you know one one of the the world renowned kind of folks that from from the African American community that that, that passes, um, and, and and all of the quote unquote you know black leaders and 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 speakers and you know folks that are respected in the black community are on platform, and everybody's got to speak. Um, and say their piece and uh, you know all all the luminaries do their thing and you know you, the who's who of the black community or or or, or adopted black community aka bill clinton uh are are part of the a part of the you know the, the group and uh they all kind of are supposed to tout the party line and then when someone steps outside of that framework you know there's there's always blowback and so that's kind of what we're dealing with today so yeah that your comments there remind me of an article that i wrote for my blog a few months ago and i titled it the myth of black community mm-hmm. the myth of black community and and what you're alluding to there is exactly what i was talking about in that article uh, if you're interested in reading it you can just go to my blog at justthinking.me. just thinking that's one word dot me the title is again the myth of black community and i call it a myth because as you just said verge anytime a recognized leader within the black community as is reverend jasper williams mm-hmm. uh williams is the uh the the the, uh, the, uh, the gentleman who gave the eulogy at aretha franklin's uh funeral we'll talk more about him in just a second but anyone like him who steps outside of that corral Mm -hmm. steps outside of that ideologically collective corral out of those boundaries, as was the case with Tiger Woods recently and the uh, ESPN um, uh, host Mm -hmm. um, where, where Tiger was asked about his thoughts on president Trump. And when Tiger responded, boom, he got blasted all of a sudden. So Tiger's good for ESPN when he's winning tournaments. But when he gives his own individual opinion on politics that doesn't align with the herd, with the herd mentality, mm-hmm. oh, it's over, man. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's all, you know, you're, you're firing squat fodder at that point. Yep. And that's what Jasper Williams is finding out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Williams, I'm sure, is old enough where this isn't his first rodeo. Yeah. But again, this is just another example where the term black community, and I put that in air quotes, is less of a community than those who are within that black community would like you to think. Yeah. See, it is a very, very subjective community, if it is that at all. Right. So that's kind of what we're going to be talking about in this episode. We're going to sort of dissect a little bit not in detail for uh sake of time we can't do that i think williams's eulogy alone was almost an hour yeah. long yeah and and omaha can you believe that the funeral itself lasted more than nine hours that was un 
believable, but not unbelievable, but not surprising. I mean, not, every, surprising. Every, not surprising. Everybody's got to get their two cents in. Everybody's got to kind of, you know, I mean, I mean, it's a, it's 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 a show. I mean, it's a, it's an absolute yeah. show. And, and um, you know, everybody's got to kind of, you know, get their two cents in, get their time in, in the spotlight uh have had their had their 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 two their more than two minutes right he he had what an hour right. at least you know everybody's yeah, he had got close to an hour yeah he had close to an hour everybody's i mean a, a, a song a performance of this or that i mean and, and there was you know so many leaders and speakers and people who needed to to be seen on stage at specific times mm-hmm. uh it, it, i mean that's that's kind of what that's kind of what it's become now it's a show yeah, so you mentioned a second ago that it was the you know who's who's the mm-hmm. the uh, the uh, the elite within the black uh, community, the black uh, politic elite, the black entertainment elite, mm-hmm. the black church elite, and but it was also filled with you know black wannabe elites <laughs> uh, at the same time. So it kind of reminds me of how. Uh, the ecumenical services are held here in Atlanta every January for the observance of the birth of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Mm -hmm. That's held at Ebenezer Baptist church. It's basically a staged, uh, structured, arranged, Mm one-sided show Mm -hmm. of, uh, of selected uh, black community leaders that, uh, side and align with one ideological worldview, one political worldview, mm-hmm. while at the same time parading representatives from various religions right. on stage to pray to various gods. <laughs> okay. Which is why it's called an ecumenical service. E- ecumenical, that's just a way of saying, you know, we we have multi multiple gods represented in this service multiple religious views so just take your pick isn't 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 it amazing that while while there's an embrace of of multiple you know from an ecumenical standpoint that that there would be such a wide range of 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 spiritual origin in the way that they view god and the way that they worship god and the way that they in 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 the different gods that are represented you know, though, though, though they wouldn't, they wouldn't agree to that. You know, though they wouldn't agree to, to to our assessment of that. They ideologically, they must all align, right? You uh, must. Everyone, That's right. You ev- must. Ev- everyone must line up ideologically, right? Uh, Socio politically, or else there's blowback. Right, and that's exactly what's happening with Jasper Williams here. So. This is what we want to tee up in this episode. Let's talk about Jasper Williams and the blowback that he's receiving, surprise, from his fellow black community members. Mm-hmm. And even worse, his fellow ecumenical community members, mm-hmm. his fellow ecclesial community members. These are people who, one minute, was sitting next to you in the pew or in the pulpit. And then one minute later, they're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I mean, they got you in front of the firing squad now, Uh, but that's how it is. So Williams gave you you a little bit of background. Jasper Williams, 
I think I saw one interview here locally in Atlanta uh, say that he's been preaching for over 60 years. I think he's got to be in his 80s now. Uh, I don't know that for sure, so don't quote me on that, but I'm thinking he's got to be either in his 80s. He looks good for 80, man. Or close to 80s. Now, his church, his church, Salem Bible Church, is here in Atlanta, East Metro Atlanta. I think he has two campuses. He has one campus on the west side of Atlanta, maybe not far from the Atlanta University Center where you have Morehouse College, Spelman College, Marsh Brown College, and that area there. But one of his campuses, I think his main campus, is on the east side of Atlanta, which is only probably about 40 minutes from where I live. Um, I've actually visited his church on the east side, his east side campus, a couple times to hear him preach. So it was interesting, though, watching him deliver the eulogy. I couldn't watch the entire funeral because I had to work. So <laughs> I already spent I have to spend I had to spend 10 hours on my job. I couldn't afford to spend nine hours watching this funeral. Uh, matter of fact, somebody just whispered in my ear not too long ago that the funeral's still going on. But anyway, <laughs> maybe that what it is. Um, so, so, so Williams, Jasper Williams, is a fixture in the uh, local Atlanta Black Church, Black Civil Rights, Black Political Arena. So, as I mentioned earlier, Williams has a long, decades-old relationship with the Franklin family. So he was invited to do the eulogy for Aretha Franklin because it was Williams who eulogized Aretha Franklin's father, uh, Reverend C.L. Franklin. Williams titled his eulogy, Aretha, the Queen of Soul. Mm -hmm. Aretha, the Queen of Soul. And in listening to and watching, because watch the video on YouTube, in listening to and watching Williams' eulogy early on in the message, I thought the that that he was very biblically sound. He he was given a really good hermeneutic of Genesis two seven and how man has a soul. <laughs> uh, now I don't agree with his trichotomous view. Right, 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 right. Of man. Uh, I'm more of a dichotomist in that regard, right. but that's neither here nor there. But we thought that he was, you know, he was going on the straight and narrow. I was like, wow. Bro. He's starting out really solid here, giving an exposition yes. of Genesis 2 7. Yes. <laughs> with a, uh, a, 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 a her- he's offering a hermeneutic of the right. soul. Right. I didn't agree with it, but he, but he, hey, he, he offered it. Yeah, he offered his argument. He, 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 he presented it. I, I was with you. I was, I was like, hey, he, he's going to scripture. He's, He's unpacking it. He get he, he was going to the Hebrew. He was breaking it. He, right, he threw some it. Hebrew in there. He no. in there. He, yep, yep, yep. It was sounding real good. I'm like, wait a minute. I mean, most of the time when you go to these events, I mean, you you might hear some prosperity gospel. You might hear mm-hmm. you might not hear any gospel at all. You might hear you know yeah. somebody's somebody's. I mean, when when they did uh, Whitney Houston's funeral, I mean, it barely Bible spoken. So the fact yeah. that he went to scripture, I was kind of like, okay, well, wait a minute now. He's got a little something going, and then it yeah. kind of it kind of went a little yeah. a little different. But, but I digress. Let me yeah. let me turn it back over to you. <laughs> yeah. So he 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 started off great. I mean, he started off fantastic. You know, he made a comment towards the earlier uh, part of his message saying that, you know, 100 years from this moment, this is a direct quote, 100 years from this moment, the only thing that will matter is whether your soul has been saved. So 
William says that in the context, number one, of sort of defining what the soul is. Then he makes the connection between uh, the word soul and its connotation and its application to uh, traditional black music, Mm -hmm. the music that uh, Aretha Franklin grew up uh, uh, making, uh, you know, for uh, the the R&B type music, the blues type music that she sang, that it was music that touched the soul of people. Then he circled back again to try to get to get us thinking biblically about the soul. And he says, but with all that, what's really going to matter a hundred years from this moment is whether your soul has been saved. So he had a really strong start there, um, you know, towards the, uh, uh, the sort of biblically sound road that he was taking. Uh, and he asked his audience, and, and if you're watching the video, if you're going to watch the video, it's at the 1508 mark of his message where he asked his audience to shift their focus to how we can take the legacy of Aretha Franklin and use it to bring about, quote, real, true change in our world, unquote. Oh, man. Okay. Oh, so man. this is where he kind of, this is where, where he, he takes that left, left at Albuquerque. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, thought we were, I thought we were going to the cross. I was like, hey, he got the soul. I'm thinking, oh, he going to take us to the cross. We're getting ready to go to the cross. This is going to be great. And then he went to I was like, Aretha. And then I was he like, took that oh, left at Albuquerque. Man. Man. And then I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and so here, so here we are. <laughs> I thought for oh, sure man. we were going to the cross. Now, listen, like I said, I had to work that day. Okay, <laughs> I didn't have nine hours to spend watching a funeral. So, if anybody did take the time, if any of our listeners did take the time to watch the entire nine hours, you can correct me on this. Not a problem. Mm-hmm. Leave a message uh, on uh, on the uh, on the Bar Podcast website at thebarpodcast.com, or you can send an email uh, to me through my uh, blog site at justthinking.me. You can leave some feedback on the on the uh, uh, iTunes or or uh, Android, however you listen to us. Right. But w- the point I'm trying to make here, where I'm going with this, is that I didn't hear the gospel presented at all. You had a captive audience, not just in the church, but you had tens of millions of people around the world watching that funeral service, a nine hour service. And I didn't hear the gospel presented not one time, which goes back to your earlier comment, uh, Omaha. It was a show. It was a parade of people trying to get their time in front of the camera to represent themselves and their brand. Right. And I didn't hear the gospel. Your point about, hey, man, I thought we were going to the cross. Well, so did I. Right. I didn't hear the gospel. And even even Jasper Williams in his eulogy, he mentioned either the phrase the gospel or the word gospel multiple times. But he never explained what the gospel is. Not once did I hear the gospel explained. But so he takes that left turn at the 1508 mark. Says, hey, how can we use, how can we leverage the Queen of Souls legacy to bring about real true change in the world? And it was at that moment, now that we know, we know in retrospect, having seen the and watched the eulogy, it was at that moment that Williams begins to get himself in trouble. Right. It, it wasn't his exposition of Genesis 2 7. 
Nope. And his attempts to focus the attention on the on the funeral attendees, the, the attention of the funeral attendees on the spiritual condition of their own souls that made his remarks controversial. So that wasn't it. Nope. It wasn't his explanation of soul music that got people's dander up. What got Jasper Williams in trouble was his assertion that black America has lost its soul. Mm. That's exactly what Williams said. He said that black America has lost its soul. He declared Williams did. I quote the one thing that black America needs more than anything else is to come back home to God. Unquote. Right. That's what he said. Mm -hmm. Now, he builds on that. Okay, so there are other layers to this. So, right, Omaha, when he takes that left, this is a long left turn that he takes. Oh, it's a long left turn. <laughs> it's, it's, it's 50 minutes, and you caught him at the 15-minute mark, so he's got another 35 to, to continue on that left turn. So, William says that the mandate of the Queen of Soul is, quote, that something must be done, unquote. So, he, he sort of waxed retrospectively about a time when black America had its own thriving economy with its own stores, its own banks. And that that was a time, even during the climate of Jim Crow and segregation, that mm. that climate forced, and I'm quoting here where William said, it forced us to each other rather than on each other. Mm -hmm. And I'm over here when he says that I'm like, Oh God, here we go, here we go, <laughs> Jasper. Do you realize what you're doing? Do you realize right. what's going to happen? Right. So, so he says, even during Jim Crow and segregation, that that was a time mm -hmm. we were black people were forced to turn to each other rather than on each other. But Williams alleges that today, okay, that the black man he used that phrase repeatedly, the black man. Mm. He says to, to today that the black man has lost his soul. Williams asked, black man, where is your soul? And this is where Williams, I mean, he puts the magnifying glass, the heat lamp, the, the fireplace ablaze right. to the very black people who are listening to him talk. I mean, he right. gets in their grill right here. He gets in their grill. He starts spouting off statistics. He says there are no fathers in the black homes anymore. He points out that 70% of black households today are led by a black women. Mm -hmm. And here's where he really goes off. <laughs> he points out that 70% of black households today are led by black women. Mm -hmm. And that on that statistic, okay, Williams asserts this, quote, a black woman cannot raise a black boy to be a black man. Uncle. I thought I thought people were going to walk out. <laughs> I thought they're going to walk out. They're going to walk out. Well, right let me now. say something here real quick. The reason we thought that people would get up and walk out. See uh -huh. here, here, here's Omaha. This is where you and I, though we're we're reformed now. All right, <laughs> we're, we're Calvinists. <laughs> But see, this is where our ecclesial experience comes into play because you and I grew up in the black church. What we heard and the, the homiletics that Williams delivered his message, we're used to that. 
right. this this is what we grew up with. Okay, right. this is right. We are not strangers to this. Right. Okay. I got street cred when it comes to the black church. Okay. So all I gotta do is roll and fall right back on my life experience to relate to what's going on here. We know the black church well enough to know right. what they want to hear and what they don't want to hear. Right. And what right. they don't want to hear is what Williams was talking about. They don't want to hear that. Right. We don't want to hear anything about uh, fatherless homes. Right. We don't want to hear about 70% of black house households are led by women. I'm a strong black woman. Woman, what you talking about? Right. I don't need no man. Right. As a matter of fact, to prove it to you, I'm gonna go out here and have a baby out of wedlock and raise him myself. Just right. to prove to you that I don't need a man. Mm-hmm. What you be telling me a black woman can't raise a black boy to be a man? Well, who are you to tell me that? I watch right. Oprah. <laughs> I mean, come on. Then right. he go. Then he digs himself an even deeper hole. A study by Tuskegee Institute. This is this is Williams continuing to talk, continuing to dig himself this hole mm. that he that he's in. He points out a study. He didn't give the year, and I didn't have time to research it myself. But Williams uh, cites a study by Tuskegee Institute that points mm. out that the Ku Klux Klan had murdered 3,446 black people over an 86-year span of time. Right. But Williams goes on to say that, but black people killed that same number of black people every six months. Right. (laughs) And that when you annualize that, that's almost 7,000 black people every year that are murdered by black people. Now, you talk about a moment where you thought everybody was just going to rise up, do a right face or a left face, Career march and then head out those doors. Right. That's when I thought it was going to happen. Yeah. Like that comment right there. When Williams dared to put pers- into perspective black on black violence up against the white on black violence that most black people complain about. Right. Now, at the 2441 mark of the video, you're going to hit the crescendo. We're have a link to the video. Yeah. yeah. We're going <laughs> to. You go hit you go you go hit the crescendo. You go hit the crescendo. I'm about to hit it, bro. Hold, okay. Hold on. This is pre this is pre crescendo. Oh, okay, okay. This okay. is pre crescendo right here. <laughs> at the at the twenty four forty one mark, William says this, and I quote: "It amazes me how it is when the police kill one of us. Yeah, we're ready to protest, march, destroy innocent property. We're mm-hmm. ready to loot, steal, whatever we want." But when we kill 100 of us, when we kill 100 of us, nobody says anything. Nobody does anything, unquote. That right there, I think it got kind of quiet. It no did. matter of fact, it's, get, it's getting progressively quieter yes. during this eulogy, the yes, more Williams is. talks. The thing about this, though, Omaha, is that the man is telling the truth. He's telling the truth. He's telling the truth. Yep. I'm like, oh, snap. Is he going there? Really? Yeah. He's going there. You see, again, for those of our listeners who may not necessarily be accustomed to or have necessarily have an affinity for, see, the black church is a culture within itself. You have, I'll just use the term for the sake of conversation. You have the black community. 
which is the neighborhoods, the 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 the, 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 the literal streets, the blocks, mm-hmm. the barbershops, the communities, the businesses, the schools. You have that black community. But then within the black church, that's a different community altogether where there are certain it's very clickish, number one. The black church is very clickish. So and, and this is what you're experiencing through the blowback that Williams is getting as a result of the eulogy that he delivered. The man was telling the truth. But the clickishness here is that that's not the truth they want to hear. That's not the truth they want to hear. They don't want to hear anything that makes them hold a mirror up to themselves. No. They don't want to hear that. No. So within the black church, you have a culture that's a culture within a culture. It's a culture. It's a subculture within the larger black culture where when you step into that pulpit, your message has to be one that's going to cater to the audience to whom you're speaking. Mm hmm. So that that they themselves can feel better about themselves. Absolutely. And that's not what Jasper Williams did. No. But but one thing I'll say this about Williams, this man has paid his dues. So he's got credit to be able to get up into that pulpit and say whatever it is he wants. And that's exactly what he did. And he's exactly right in what he said here at the 2441 mark. I'm going to repeat this. Williams says, it amazes me how, how it is when the police kill one of us, we're ready to protest, march, destroy innocent property. We're ready to loot, steal, whatever we want. But when we kill a hundred of us, nobody says anything. Nobody does anything. Anything on that, Omaha? It's insane because what happens is uh, uh, two things. One is he, he, he didn't, or maybe he did. Probably this is a message that back at home, to the point you just made with regard to culture within a culture, back at home in his home church where he's pastored for 60-plus years, right, this this message – I mean – this is old school. This is stuff. This, this is, is old stuff. school, man. This, this is, is old school. This is old school church. This is what they would have told you at church. This was no yep. problem. Now, yep. now he's now he's on a world stage, on a world platform, and this is not something they want to hear on that world stage in that world platform. And so he, he he's he's taking a message to the point you made that's within a subculture of a subculture at that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And has now extracted that into a a a world stage. And you make a great, you know, I'm sure at, at the age he's at, most folks, I mean, they've seen it all, and they really don't care what anybody says. Um, but but again, he, you know, the blowback he's receiving is is as a result of of that of that reality. Omaha, I'm sorry to interrupt earlier, but you made a great point. <clears throat> and here's here's the irony here. It wasn't that long ago within that you could walk into a predominantly black church. And this is the kind of preaching you would expect to hear. Absolutely. This is what you would go there to hear. Absolutely. This is what you better hear. You better hear this kind of preaching from the pulpit. Yep. Yep. But you, you would expect to hear this kind of in your face, no holes barred, no filter truth in your face. Yep. This, listen, this is this is the kind of homiletical preaching 
that gave the black church so much credibility. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, it's a little bit before my time. I didn't live through it, but I studied it. Right. Especially during the civil rights era. Absolutely. This is what gave the church so much credibility because you Absolutely. could go to the church and hear the truth. Absolutely. These pastors. Listen, matter of fact, the preaching was so strong within the black church that those who heard it took it back and applied it in the home. Mm-hmm. This is exactly what Williams is talking about. That relationship, that connection, I won't say it's totally disintegrated, but it pretty much has. <laughs> where, <laughs> listen, I can, I can remember Omaha. Look, I can, I can remember, and maybe you can, you can, you share this experience. It, there, there was a point in time in the black community where the church held such credibility, it held mm-hmm. such sway that when you went into someone else's home, it was almost like you're going into church. Yeah. Right. First, they got the yes. big leather King James Bible right there yep. on the table in the middle of the room. Yep. It, it was always open. Yep. You got, you got, uh, Look, you, look, you, look, you had the picture of the white Jesus on the right, right and Martin Luther King on the left. You got framed <laughs> images of Jesus hanging on the wall. I mean, even going into somebody's house was almost like going to church. Yeah, yeah. And what Williams is talking about here, you go back to look at the, the statistics uh, on the 50s and 60s. It, it, it went downhill starting in the 70s. But the uh, black divorce rate, I mean, come on, man, was single digits. It was low single digits in the 60s. Um, uh, Abortion? Are you kidding? What? Mm -hmm. It was unheard of. If you got pregnant, you had the baby. Right. There was no discussion. You got pregnant, you had the baby. Nine times out of ten, you married, you got married to one another. Right. You know, and this is what this is what Williams is talking about. Williams goes on to say in another segment of the uh, of his message, quote, if you choose to ask me today, do black lives matter? Let me answer like this. No, black lives do not matter. Black lives will not matter. Black lives ought not matter. Black lives should not matter. Black lives must not matter until black people start respecting black lives and stop killing ourselves. Until then, black lives can never matter, unquote. See. I'm sorry, they, but they don't want to hear that. No, that is why this. Can you believe that the, the things we've quoted him as saying so far in this broadcast episode have been labeled controversial, Mm-mm. controversial verse. Can you believe right. that? It should, that, that, should. This should be normative conversation around a dinner table in, in, in black homes. And that's where that's where Williams is coming from. That's mm-hmm. where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. He says, speaking of home at the 3349 mark of the video of the message, uh, William says this, th- speaking of homes, William says this quote, but a home is what I see black people needing more than a house. We don't need better houses given to us. We need to make for <laughs> ourselves better homes. We need better homes. There is a vast difference between a house and a home. A house is structural, but a home is spiritual. A house is a man's master design, but a home is God's divine design. A house is a place of work, 
but a home is a place of peace. A house gives credit, leverage, and tax benefits, but a home gives neighbors, family, and community. I mean, what's wrong? What's controversial about that? Uh, no, nothing, nothing's controversial about what he said. However, as he began to unpack that, I recognized, based upon the audience that was listening, that he 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 might as well have just went on ahead and dug the grave because they were coming for him. I, oh yeah, you know, I, I recognize. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm like, okay, he, he he after after the after the Black Lives Matter comment, which I thought was the crescendo of the message. He, I, I I figured okay he, he he when when he started with the house and the home piece I thought well he just he just figured I might look this might be my last shot I might as well <laughs> I might as well just unload the whole cannon right now let's well, just do it I yeah. got nothing to lose I got, I got nothing, nothing to lose, lose. <laughs> I'm giving the eulogy yeah. okay and that that's the apex pretty much of every funeral service is the eulogy mm-hmm. okay and I think it's interesting because you look at that. If you uh, exegete that word eulogy, uh, it actually means a a blessing. It means a good word. It means to mm-hmm. give a blessing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I th- and I thought he gave a great uh, eulogy here. The only problem I had, yeah, with what Williams was saying, uh, you know, on the surface, on his face, he nailed him mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Here's the problem, though. Pretty much everything. Williams was positing or proffering was couched in terms of race. Yeah. And the fact that we had to do what we, those things that he says we should do, we should do that because we are of a common race, meaning black, not human, Mm -hmm. meaning black. He used that term, our race as a race, as a race. He kept saying that repeatedly as a race. So I have a problem with the context in which he was establishing the impetus for following through on the, what were undoubtedly unarguably biblical solutions. Mm-hmm. But the, mm-hmm. the, the impetus ought to, ought to be that they are biblical solutions, right? Not that we share a common shade of melanin, right? But, he, right. but that was the framework in which he was suggesting these, that we need to do these things for the sake of our race, Mm. our black race. And that I totally, totally, I could not disagree with him more with respect to what that impetus ought to be. Yeah. Yeah. No, I to- I totally hear everything you're saying on that on that piece of it. I may, and, and I know that that the the initial problem which we kind of addressed to begin with was we, we didn't we didn't stop at the cross. We we kind of we kind of glazed over the, the the gospel. We we neglected the cross and we landed on the on the queen of soul which was Aretha was going to be the source of the change that was necessary in the first right. place. Right. So the, the the fact the fact that we first made that left turn was problematic to begin with. Uh, and 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 then the the reality of where we were as a result, uh, and 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 who we were addressing as a result, uh, was was definitely problematic. The the question I had for you, man, as we as we were kind of teeing this up and and just kind of th- thinking through the the bits and pieces of this, and and I don't disagree with what with what you shared is what what does it look like? Because he, here some of the issues that he raised were were. Were value were, were valid issues within the context of the ethnic community that he was addressing, right? Uh, 
right. with, with it, within the within the confines of of the black community, they're experiencing seventy percent single motherhood. Right? They're they're they're, ex- they're experiencing astronomical impact with regard to black on black crime. And and I and truth be told, I, I thought he went a little light on the abortion issue. I mean, he yeah, he, he had did. maybe. He had maybe one line on that, and then he kind of glazed over that piece and went on to to, to something else, um, you know, kind of kind of being being light on that. And I, I recognize he kind of wanted to do that in an effort because he had just praised the black mothers for raising these sons yeah. and didn't want to address the fact that they had been the ones responsible for killing more than half of them in the first place. So, right, I get I get where he was, you know, where 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 he was dealing with with those pieces of the puzzle, but. I, you know, all of these issues, the economic concerns that he raised, uh, the, the social issues that he raised, um, all of these things that, that, that he addressed, you know, all of them were, were you know, you, you've heard this saying, I'm sure that 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 when the rest of a of, of America get, gets a cough, the black community get, you know, catches the flu. Cold, um, yeah. Yeah. Catch catch cold. So what so what 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 do we how how, how would one like like, you know. Uh, the Reverend Jasper Williams navigate that. I, I thought he was on message, on point. You know, it's, especially if he's if if he were in a predominantly black setting. And this was this this environment, Definitely though was. it was though it was televised. He was he was in a predominantly when he when he looked at his local black set. I mean, when he looked at his local church setting, he was primarily in a in a black church setting you know and and he was probably looking out besides the one you know caucasian female that was directly behind him in camera right. shot yeah uh yeah. that 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 looked a little odd but but other than that i mean it's a predominantly black setting he's looking at his and in his mind i'm looking at my people i'm speaking to my people mm-hmm. and 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 addressing those issues how, how do you go about that is there room to address things in that way i mean is there let me let me ask it this let me ask it this way Daryl. Is there is there uh, a way to talk to our own, uh, you know, behind the closed door that we may not in a in, in a in a different setting? Or is that inappropriate for a for a pastor to do um, is, is is, you know, should we ever be in a context where we would say things amongst no. our own? OK, you just, you just yeah. answered it. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the answer is no, because I think. The question you're asking, the answer is intrinsic to the question, mm. because when you when you look at and see, here, here's the thing. Here's why. Pronouns like our and we as it relates mm. to the quote unquote black community is a fallacy. Mm. It's a fallacy because it is presumed and assumed that we all share an ideology or a philosophy or a worldview based on skin color right. alone. Right. That's it alone. So no, if you call yourself a pastor, a preacher, the only thing that should matter is the objective truth of the gospel. Right. Which applies to every single person on this planet. Not just every black person who happens to be within earshot of hearing you speak. Mm. No, the, the gospel is equitable. It applies equally and without bias or prejudice to every single person. So what will you, the the interesting thing though, Omaha about what Williams is talking about, the problems that he was statistically citing with respect to, uh, again, the black community, 
the uh, 70% single mother households, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, lack of fathers in the homes, uh, the uh, black on black crime rate, things like that. Listen, you should expect that in any community where the precepts, principles, and commands of God are being totally ignored. <laughs> right. I'm like, right. duh. What, what solution uh, other than the gospel would fix any of that? Would fix any of that? Right. What, what solution other than the gospel? What solution other than abstain from sex until you're married? Right. Get a job. Work. Right. right. The Bible has a lot to say about work. Um, be responsible stewards of your finances. Mm-hmm. Don't get into debt. Uh, one of the, and, and I think personally speaking, one of the things that's crippling black communities today is a lack of financial acumen. Everybody's trying to get rich, mm. but they don't know how to balance a checkbook. Right. Um, I remember years ago, Verge, I went through, this was, this was pre Dave Ramsey. This was before Dave mm-hmm. Ramsey got popular. There's a Christian financial ministry called crown financial ministries. I think crown is under an, another name now, but one of the first things I learned in sitting through, uh, that course, I later became a, a, a counselor of it. Uh, the first lesson they teach you in crown is that every spending decision is a spiritual decision. Every spending decision is a spiritual decision. What's crippling many black communities today that's not being talked about is a lack of financial discipline. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could go on and on and on to give examples, but the point I'm trying to make is for every problem or issue, I don't care if it's Jasper Williams or me and you talking about it on the Just Thinking broadcast, every problem within the black community or any community for that matter I don't care what the problem is. The only answer is to apply and obey God's precepts to that problem. Mm. But since we're talking about the black community, because that's what Jasper Williams was talking about. The answer to these problems. Stop having premarital sex. (laughs) Get married. Right. Go to school. At least get your high school diploma. Mm hmm. I don't think any anybody anybody should be pressured into going to college, but go get your high school diploma at least because statistics show you have a much better chance economically of being successful if you have a high school diploma than if you drop out of school or even right. get a GED. But go to school, get your high school diploma, stop having premarital sex, mm-hmm. wait until you get married to have sex, to have children. Learn to pay your bills on time. Don't get into debt. These are all biblical principles. These are not sociological principles. These are not something that some economist wrote in a book. This goes back to Genesis chapter three. Right. This is what's hurting the black community. And we Mm -hmm. should expect, again, you should expect uh, single uh, parent homes. You should expect a high percentage of single parent homes. Mm-hmm. When when we're, when families aren't obeying God's principles as it relates to marriage, and uh, you should expect high abortion rates 
in communities that have no regard for the Imago Dei and the yeah. fact that God knows you not just before you were born, he knows you before you were conceived. Mm. So these, 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 but but it's really sad that a guy like Jasper Williams, who is who is preaching biblical truth in that eulogy. The only problem again I have with what he said was that he's offering it in the framework of a race impetus an mm-hmm. ethnicity impetus. That's the right. only thing, only problem I have with that. That notwithstanding, everything he said lined up with the Bible. Mm-hmm. Everything the man said. But it's quote unquote controversial. Right. It's controversial. Right. Which 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 is which is sad, but like you said, Omaha, it's not surprising. Not surprising. It's not surprising. Not surpri- I, I only I only wish to the point you made and and, and alluded to, I wish you would have landed in the scripture rather than on the, you know, on on the issue of the queen of soul. And um, I I think people would have come away with, with much more uh, as a, as a result, much more to, to, to wrestle with much more to deal with because we were talking about the legacy of, of Aretha and what she did and her background. And, and then, and then he used, you know, the examples of, you know, Aretha Franklin's dad and what he was about and, you know, kind of how, you know, you know, he tried to be a good, a good father and, you know, he tried to, you know, so, so use some, some examples, but never really landed in scripture to, to, to anchor, to anchor the truth, but man, started out strong, started out. So I, so I, it was obvious that he was capable, you know, capable of, of doing so, but just neglected to do so. And that part was really sad to witness. Yeah, and I don't mean to sound sarcastic, Verge. Maybe I do, but <laughs> I think you. I think even if ha, even if Jasper Williams had done that, had he stuck to a biblical hermeneutic as opposed to taking that left at Albuquerque and leveraging mm-hmm. Aretha's legacy for everything mm-hmm. he said, mm-hmm. even if he had stuck to a biblical hermeneutic, preached the gospel. Mm-hmm. I think you're giving that audience way too much credit. Yeah. Because they weren't there for that. They weren't there for that. They weren't there to hear the gospel preached. Yeah. They were they were, they were there to see Adriana Grande. Yeah. Yeah. They were to hear they were there to hear all these artists sing. They were there to take pictures of the open casket. They were there to see Stevie Wonder. They yeah. were there, oh, Bill Clinton's gonna be there. Oh, yeah, let me see how close. They were there to get a reserved seat. Right. They weren't there to hear the gospel. They weren't there to hear Ephesians 2, 1. Come on, man. Okay. They weren't there to hear. They weren't here. Speaking of, speaking of a funeral, speaking of, speaking of dead, they weren't there to hear. (laughs) They weren't there to hear Ephesians 2, 1. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Yeah. Okay. They weren't there to point you to Romans 14, 12. So everyone must give account of himself to God. Mm-hmm. They weren't there to hear the gospel. You see, and listen, speaking of blowback, you and I will probably get some blowback from this episode. once it comes out. <laughs> but like my man, Jasper Williams, I don't really care. No, I don't really care because here's a man who, like I said, this man has paid his dues. Mm-hmm. He yeah. has paid his dues. So you had everybody in that audience at that church in Detroit looking all fly. Their attire was tight. 
mm-hmm. you know, nobody looked broke. Nobody mm-hmm. looked poor. Nobody looked hungry. Mm-mm. Nobody looked any of that. But see, that's who the gospel's for. Perhaps it's so that maybe they were too fly to hear the gospel. Mm-hmm. Maybe my limo, my bins was too clean. Right. My shoes are too shiny to hear the gospel. I came to hear you talk about Aretha. Right. That's what I came to hear. I didn't came. I didn't come to hear about Jesus. Right. I didn't come to hear about how one day I'm going to die like Aretha Franklin did mm-hmm. and immediately was in the presence of the Lord. I, I, I didn't come to hear that. I didn't come to hear John 336, which I'm going to flip to real quick. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I need you to make uh, take take advantage of my time and not preach to me. I didn't come to hear this. He who believes in the son has eternal life. Right. But he who does not obey the son will not see life. But yes. the wrath of God abides on him. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't come to hear that. I came to hear ain't no way. I came to hear you guys sing some of Aretha Franklin's hits. Right. That's what I came for. Yeah. You see, yeah. And that's why Jasper Williams is getting hit. Yeah. Now, because he didn't appease his audience. Mm-hmm. You mean I sit here for nine hours <laughs> and I've got to hear you tell me about the single parenthood rate in black families, in black homes? I got to hear you tell me a successful black woman with a master's degree on my way to my PhD that I can't raise a black boy to be a black man? Yeah. I didn't come here to hear that, Jasper. Mm-hmm. Jasper, go sit down. Hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. come on, Omaha. Let's keep it real here, bro. Yeah. This is this is this is the black church today. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is the black church where, in most predominantly black congregations, you see more women attending church than you do men. That's it. That's it. That's it. You see. It's un- it's unfortunate that's where we are, but uh, as long as it's happening, we'll definitely be keeping an eye on things, commentating on these things, and pointing you back to the scriptures, pointing you more closely to Christ, making sure that you're aware of how to examine the issues, how to look at them through a biblical worldview, and, and ensuring that you know exactly how to share the truth with those you come into contact with. I'm, I'm, I'm Virgil Walker, uh, signing off for myself and Brother Daryl. Check back in with us next week for another edition of the Just Thinking Broadcast. We got it. Boom. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha.